Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet, Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure when fools rush in. The Green Hornet strikes again. give Hitler the time of day, would you? No American would. And yet every day there are many of us who are giving him information a lot more vital through careless talk. Remember the enemy has agents all around us picking up seemingly harmless bits of our small talk and fitting them into a pattern of deadly value. Therefore, it's best that we all follow a few simple rules to guarantee that no information will get into enemy hands. If you hear it from someone, don't repeat it. If you see it yourself, don't repeat it. But if you read it in newspapers or magazines or hear it on the radio, you can talk about it to your heart's content. Just remember that the enemy is listening to what you have to say. Think before you talk, because careless talk costs lives. And now, the Green Hornet. Anton Wyckoff sat at his desk in the study of his home. The desk lamp threw weird shadows about the otherwise darkened room. As he leaned forward over the papers before him, he failed to hear the door open and close, or to notice the dark figure that moved quietly and slowly toward him. Suddenly, Wyckoff became conscious of the other's presence and looked up, startled. Who, who's that? What are you doing here? Well, speak up. What do you want? What's the meaning of this? Say something. I can't see you very well, but... You... Why have you come here like this? Why are you carrying that... that gun? Answer me, do you hear? Put that gun down. Put it down, you hear? Don't come any closer. Get away from here. Get away. You can't do that to me! Help! Help! Look, 
Police headquarters, Sergeant Burke speaking. What's that? Glory be. Well, who's this calling? Oh, it's Butler, eh? All right, we'll have somebody come right over. Goodbye. What's up, Sarge? Lucky for you, I swear that you were hanging around here late tonight. Andon Wyckoff, the banker, has been murdered. Wyckoff murdered? Suffering snakes! Yeah, that'll be a scoop for the morning edition of the Sentinel, all right. Too bad people can't get murdered at a decent hour of the night without waiting till midnight. If you ask me, I don't think he picked the time, Sarge. Are you going up there yourself? Sure. I suppose you'll be dragging along as usual. So get your hat on. Come on. We might as well get it over with. Sure, you talk as though men like Wyckoff are murdered every night, Sarge. Why aren't you excited about it like I am? Axford, once a man is dead, he's just like any other dead one to me. They're only important while they're alive. When a guy like Wyckoff gets bumped off, it just means a headache for the department, one way or the other. Well, let's go. I know this is going to be a headache. There are too many people in this city who'd like to have taken a shot at Anton Wyckoff. Meantime, in the library of the Wyckoff home, the members of the household and a house guest had gathered to await the arrival of the police. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Why should anyone want to kill Dad like that? Right in his own study. It doesn't seem possible. Poor Daddy. Oh, it, it's all like an awful nightmare. I, I can't believe it's true. Well, it is true. And you two had better get hold on yourselves before the police get here. They'll, uh, they'll have a lot of questions to ask. And what if they do? Brian, I don't like the way you said that. Dad meant a lot to Lucy and me. Well, now, boys, control yourselves. This is no time for you to be flying at each other's throats. Sorry, Mr. Kendall. It isn't just a case of bickering, Mr. Kendall. Neither Victor nor Lucy seem to realize that we're all under suspicion. At least we will be. Any one of us could have shot Uncle Anton. Why, even Victor himself. Why, Victor, wait. Bryant, do you have to say such things at a time like this? You know as well as I do that Victor wouldn't do such a thing to Dad. Oh, wouldn't he? Well... At least he did have a motive, as we all know. How about yourself? You had as strong a motive as anybody could have. Since Dad changed his will last week, you stand to share alike with Lucy and me. Everybody knows how darned hard up you are. It was the trouble over your debts that caused Uncle Andon to make that change, and you know it. But... Furthermore, you resented it, too. And we all know that you've been desperate to get the money to pay off those debts since your father refused to give it to you. I've had about all I can stand from you. You'd better keep your mouth shut from now on. Ah, or... uh, maybe I'll get what Uncle Anton got. Is that it? Why, you... You... You'll be sorry you did that. Stop it. Stop it at once. Poor Dad lying in there and you two going on like this. It's... Why, it's shameful. Don't cry, sis. It's just that this thing has gotten on our nerves, I guess. I'm sorry for flying off the handle. It's time we all calmed down and thought things out so that no one of us will get rattled when the police question us. They better not try to pin anything on me. Brian, don't talk that way. I'm sure none of us will even be suspected. I know nobody in this room would... would commit a crime like that. Also, there are others to be considered besides those in this room. Dennis the butler, for instance. Dennis wouldn't have harmed Dad for the world. 
He's been in the household for years. That's the way I feel about One it. One can't tell what another person will do under certain conditions. And remember, the doors and windows were all locked from the inside when we came downstairs. Which means the murderer is still in the house. Oh, how awful. Mr. Kendall, it's a shame you had to be a guest here on this particular night. Get mixed up in all this. Well, I'm glad I'm here, Lucy. You younger people need an older head at a time like this. Being your father's close friend and business associate, it's... Well, it's just as well that I stayed over tonight. As long as our consciences are clear, we have nothing to fear from the police, I'm sure. Uh, maybe one of us hasn't got such a clear conscience as you think, Mr. Kendall. Speak for yourself, Bryant. How can we expect anyone to believe what we may say if you two are going to cast suspicion at each other? Please, for Dad's sake, stop this eternal bickering. Lucy's right, boys. The main thing is for us to remember that we all met in the upper hall shortly after we heard the shot and came down to the study together. Yes, and Dennis was right in front of us. I remember that, too. We were all right behind him when he opened the study door and found... found out what happened. Well, that's true, Victor, my boy. It would have been possible for Dennis to have shot your father, rushed from the study, and then pretend that he was just on the way downstairs when we appeared. As a matter of fact, Mr. Kendall, any one of us could have done the same thing. Uh, Victor's right about that. Victor is right. Any one of us could have done it just that way. As far as I can see, unless the police can find some definite clue, all of us will be in a delicate spot. That's right. And the police are going to think exactly what I already think. That one of the five of us is really the murderer. Good morning to you, Cassie. What's new? The only new thing around here is the fact that you came in without slamming the door, Axford. Now ain't you the fine one. You yell if I don't, you yell if I don't. That's a woman oh, for you. beat it, Axford. You're always looking for an argument. Well, that's an Irishman for you. Oh-ho, uh -huh. picking on me nationality, eh? What's wrong with the Irish, I'd like to know? Nothing at all. I like the Irish. I'm part Irish myself. Oh, is that so now? Sure, and why didn't you say so long ago? Casey, darling, from now on, Michael Axford will never be saying a word out of the way to you. That I won't. Well, it's a relief to hear that. I was getting fed up with your wisecracks and complaining. Oh, were you now? Fed up, is it? Say, who do you think you are around here anyway, Miss America? <laughs> Go on in and see Mr. Reed if you're going to. You bother me. Casey, I'm sorry you told me about your Irish blood. That I am. Sure, no true Colleen would speak to a gentleman like that. When a gentleman comes in, I'll remember that. Now, scratch. Say, if I thought you meant I wasn't a gentleman, I... I, I you do uh, what? Uh, never mind. I'll think of something <laughs> I do. Wait and see. All right, all right. I'll wait. Come right in, Axford. I'm waiting for you to get here. Oh, have you now? What's on your mind, Reed? That Wyckoff murder case. According to the story you turned in, it's quite a mystery. Ah, uh, that it is, and no mistake, Reed. I went out to the house with Sergeant Burke right after it happened. He questioned everybody, but got nowhere, and there was nary a clue. No fingerprints or anything like that? Sure, fingerprints are all over the place, belonging to everybody in the house. Seems like they each went into that study at one time or another during the evening to see the old man. Well, how many were in the house, Axford? Well, let's see now. There was Victor and Lucy Wyckoff, their cousin Brian Burton, who lives with them. Then there was Mr. Kendall, a friend and business associate of Wyckoff's, who, who was staying the night... And the butler. That's all, five of them. Mm -hmm. 
How about alibis? Uh, sure, they fell over each other alibying for one another. That they did. They were sleeping in separate rooms. All heard the shot. Then all came trooping downstairs together and were with the butler when he found the body. Burke couldn't find the gun and he's tearing his hair trying to figure out which one might have done it. Well, then he feels reasonably sure one of the five did kill Wyckoff. Well, who else I'd like to know with all the doors and windows locked from the inside like they were? I see. And that does put those in the house under suspicion. I'm telling you, Reed, the cops are stumped on this one. With all the grilling sides gave them, each one of them five stuck to a story. And they've tore that place apart almost looking for the gun. Looks like a tough case, all right, Axford. And it looks, too, as if one of those people in the house is guilty. The question is, which one? That evening, Britt Reed arrived at his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. Cato, that Wyckoff murder interests me very much. So far, the authorities seem to be up against a blank wall. Sentinels say police suspect murder to be inside job, Mr. Britt. Yes, but the problem seems to be in finding out which of the five people who were there at the time of the murder committed the crime. Perhaps you have idea? No, I haven't. From what Axford told me, the two young men in the house had motives. In my mind, the daughter Lucy is eliminated. That leaves the butler and the Mr. Kendall, each of whom may have had a hidden motive. Perhaps you plan to go to Wyckoff House as Green Hornet, maybe. The Green Hornet's going out tonight, Cato. But there's someplace else to go before going to the Wyckoff home. Black Beauty's ready. Also a gas gun and a mask. Good. Where we go first, Mr. Britt? We're going downtown to the office of the murdered man first. There may be something among his papers that'll give some hint as to the motives others may have had. Then the Green Hornet will pay a visit to the Wyckoff place. If one of those five is the murderer, something tells me we'll definitely know which one it is before the night's over. Come on, Cato. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. Most Americans are buying war bonds, are doing so because they know that our government has to have this money to fight and win the war. This is the best possible reason. However, there's still another good reason for buying war bonds, a reason that's based on self-interest. Whenever we can invest three dollars and get back four, that fellow Americans is good business no matter what you're buying. Unfortunately, the supply of civilian goods is less than the demand. And you can't buy the merchandise you may want. Therefore, isn't it just plain good sense to sock as much money as possible into war bonds, where it will be earning dividends for post-war use? Look over that budget of yours again and see if you can't find a way to increase your bond buying. Remember that $4 for three is about the best bargain you can make today or any day. And now, back to our story. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
driving the black beauty through the deserted streets of the city's financial district, Britt Reed and Cato finally pulled to the curb in front of an imposing but darkened bank building. Here's the Wyckoff banking offices, Cato. How will you get inside, Mr. Britt? I'm going to ring the night bell. I'm afraid the night watchman will have to taste a little gas, but it won't hurt him. Here goes. You'd better be careful, Cato. If anything goes wrong, drive around back in the alley and pick me up. Yes, Mr. Britt. so he can't see my mask. Maybe he'll be curious enough to open the door. Well, I don't know who you are, but I can't let anybody in after hours. <gasps> A masked man. I've got Sorry, my gun. fellow. Yes! Yes! I... Oh. That must be Wyckoff's office there. I'll use my skeleton key. Uh-oh. This door's hooked up with the burglar alarm system. I gotta work fast. Oh, I have something interesting. I'll take these along. That burglar alarm was brought to the police. You better get out of here and make it fast. Escape, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. When I opened Wyckoff's office door, it started the alarm going on the outside of the building. Much confusion for a while. Let's hope you were successful in finding something for the trouble. Yes, it was worth the trouble, Cato. I did find something that shows both Kendall and the butler also had motives. Therefore, the only one in the clear is the daughter, Lucy. Each of the four men had a motive for killing Wyckoff. Now we're going to Wyckoff's home to see if we can make the murderer come out in the open. Step on it, Cato. Police headquarters, Sergeant Burke talking. Oh, it's you, Cassidy. What's on your mind? What? Where? Holy mackerel, are you sure it was the Green Hornet? Broke into Wyckoff's office, you say? Well, you dim-witted yogurt, what'd you let him get away for? What's that? Okay, okay, maybe he has slipped by me a few times, but... All right, forget it. Go on up to the Wyckoff home. I'll be up with a squad car later. In the meantime, the little group of suspects were gathered in the library of the Wyckoff home, talking. Victor, if those police start asking me any more questions, I think I'll go out of my mind. I've had about all I can stand. Oh, now, Lucy, dear. You've held up wonderfully under all this. You mustn't have weakened at this point. That's what the police hope for. I don't understand. What do they hope for? Uh, Mr. Kendall means they hope you may weaken and not remember the story about us all coming downstairs together, Lucy. But we all did come downstairs together, Bryant. You know we did. Oh, he just likes to hear himself talk, sis. As a matter of fact, I don't recall seeing Bryant until I got to the bottom of the stairs. Is that so? Yes, that's so. So what? So maybe you pulled a fast one on us, that's what. You two sound like a couple of young schoolboys. Why do you have to argue all the time? Pardon me, Mr. Victor. But I thought I should advise you that there's someone watching this house from across the street. Don't worry about that, Dennis. 
That's just to see that Cousin Bryant doesn't go walking and not come back. It's no joking matter, Victor. It means that we're literally prisoners here in this house. I don't think so. They wouldn't stop you if you wanted to leave. But you uh, could count on being followed. If I may say so, sir, the, this unfortunate affair has caused us all great inconvenience. By the way, Dennis, just where is your room located? Why, at the back of the house, sir, in the light wing. Mm-hmm, I see. It seems to me it would have taken you longer to get the study door than it did the rest of us. Oh, no, sir. Hearing that shot caused me to run practically every step of the way, sir. I remember you were a little breathless. That could have been from running up the stairs. Mr. Kendall, please. I'm sure Dennis is telling the truth. Lucy, you're too gullible. It stands to reason somebody in this group isn't telling the truth. What was that? The noise came from the next room. From, from Dad's study. Somebody's at his desk. Come on. The be careful, Victor. We're four against one. If there is only one, open the door. Quick, Victor. I don't see anybody. Let's go in. All right. Get in now. Be careful. <gasps> Somebody was behind the door. Look. Uh, a masked man. That, that's the green hobbit. Good guessing, fellow. What's the meaning of this? Why are you holding that gun? Gun? Victor, maybe, maybe he... Maybe I murdered your father last night. Is that it? Well, somebody in here would like to have you think that. How did you get in here? Right through this window where I'm standing with a gun pointing right at his back. Thank heaven. Good work, officer. Don't take your eyes off him. Hmm. Rather a ticklish situation for all of us, isn't it? For a notorious criminal like yourself, I'd say it's more than ticklish, Hornet. Ah, there comes a squad car. We've really got the Hornet cornered this time. Keep your hands up there while I blast on this whistle. No doubt this is the man who committed the crime here last night. I never thought I'd see the capture of the Green Hornet. What's going on here? Glory be. The Green Hornet. Cassidy, how'd you do it? He played right into my hands, Sarge. No, Hornet, we got you covered. I can't believe it. It's too easy. And Axford missing it all. I always heard the killer return to the scene of his crime. I had a good reason to come here. I came to make a deal with the one who really did kill Mr. Wyckoff. What? What do you mean? Suppose I tell you when I searched this desk, I found a note Wyckoff started to write after he was shot, but before he died. In it, he names the real murderer. There can't be any such note. He died instantly. That's the man I came to deal with, Kendall. Grab that man, quick. No, no, let me out of here. No, I no, can't... you don't. You just as much as confess that you killed my father. Oh. Good work, son. Good work. That man and the Hornet were probably in this together. Great day, what a night. Catching the murderer and the Green Hornet to boot. Keep that gun on the Hornet, Cassidy, and watch his every move. I'm going to take off that mask and see what he looks like once and for all. In the meantime, Axford, who had stopped at police headquarters just after Sergeant Burke left, learned that something was taking place. He quickly hailed a taxi cab and headed for the Wyckoff house. Soon the cab pulled up behind the parked squad car. Here's a place, mister. Hey, looks like something's happening with the squad car and all here. Sure, that's why he came here. They told me the cops headquarters the Green Hornet might come here. Here, here's your money. Oh, thanks, thanks. Say, do you really think the Green Hornet's coming here? I don't know for sure, but I wish he would, that I do know. What I wouldn't give to run up against that spot, Peter and look, 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 There, through that open French window off the porch. A guy with his back to the window. All in a gun, looks like. Oh, I'll bet that's the Green Hornet himself. Great St. Patrick, baby, you're right. We got to do something and quick. Oh, you can count me out on that, buddy. Wait, now. Don't you know there's a $25,000 reward for that guy? 
If you help me catch him, we can split it. Holy kit. Well, let's do something. Uh, sure, don't slam that car door. Leave it open. Now, look. We'll have to sneak up there and grab him from behind all of a sudden. Hey. We ain't got no guns or nothing. We won't need any if you move easy like. Think of the glory we get for catching him. <laughs> it's a dough I'm thinking of. But if he should turn Say, around... Say, now, are you a man or a boss? Get going, I'm right behind you. Right behind me? Oh, no, you don't. We'll go up there side by side and both grab together. Come on now. Don't make any noise. Glory be. I think he's got Sergeant Burke covered. Now, when I give the word, rush in with me and grab him. Now, grab him! Ah, we got him! Hey, what the... The lights! Who turned off them lights? The Hornet has a gang with him. Turn on them lights, somebody, quick! He's gone! The Great Hornet's gone! We got him right here, sir! Let me up! Get off of me, you big dope! Ashford, you interfering, mutton-headed windbag! What's the idea of jumping on Cassidy while he was holding a gun on the Green Hornet? Hey, hey, ain't we got the right guy? Yeah, do I look like the Green Hornet, you blasted idiots? Sarge, we ought to run the two of them in for Aiden and a bet. I say, I, I, I forgot I got a call to make with my cab. So long, buddy. I'm scrambling. Harness, Sarge. I thought Cassidy was the harness when they saw him hold that gun just inside the window. You thought it. Ashford, if you ever did anything and it wasn't when you were conscious. I was just about to unmask the hornet when you pulled that crazy trick. Well, at least we have the man who murdered my father. I can't believe Mr. Kendall did such a thing. Kendall did it, all right. And the green hornet probably helped him in some way. Say, look here on the desk. I didn't see them papers a minute ago. What, what are they, Sergeant? Let's see now. Say, this gives the motive for the killing, all right. It's an insurance policy for $200,000 made out to Kendall as a business associate so as to carry on the business in case of Wyckoff's death. So that was it, eh? What about the note the Green Hornet spoke of? I don't believe there was a note. He probably came back here to blackmail Kendall in the, by making him think there was one. I'm sorry, Brian, for having suspected you. But you brought it on yourself by the way you acted. <laughs> we're, we're even, Victor. I really thought you did it. And to thank Dad's best friend, Mr. Kendall, killed him. Well, if it hadn't been for that masked man, we'd never found out. Too bad we didn't get him, too. He tried to rob your dad's bank earlier tonight. Sure, if we hadn't gotten there when we did, he would have done the job, too. We scared him off. Scaring him off seems to be all any of you can do. Even right now, with a gun in your hands, you let him beat it. Say, wait a minute, Sarge. I don't quite get all this yet. Do you mean to say that the Green Hornet was right in this room? Axford, why don't you wake up? Who do you think Cassidy was holding that gun on? Me? Sure. Only I thought Cassidy was the Green Hornet, as I said before. <laughs> if he had been, Sarge, you got to admit he wouldn't have got away. <laughs> it was good tackling if I do say it's all myself. <laughs> so, you think it's funny, eh? You stand there laughing like a hyena. When all the time you spoiled my chance to unmask that hornet and take him in. Axford, if I thought I could get away with it, I'd slap a mask on that homely mug of yours and take you in as the green hornet. Thanks to your help, that slippery spalpeen got away again. <laughs>
average American would never consider committing a theft or fraud. Yet all too many of these so-called honest Americans are riding around burning black market gasoline, violating a regulation that is designed to help win the war. It's possible that many of these black market customers don't quite understand the situation. A lot of people have the idea that black market gasoline comes from some mysterious source, a source that has nothing to do with a limited civilian supply. Unfortunately, this is not the case. Every gallon of black market gasoline is siphoned from an honest civilian's legitimate supply. To help end this black market evil, be sure that you are not guilty of buying gasoline coupons or buying gasoline without proper coupons. Remember, the black market cannot exist without customers. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.